Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope that you all had a great holiday yesterday. We're running a day late because of the holiday. So we hope it was good for you. The sad thing is, is that this year, obviously many years, you know, it's not good for some people because of people dying and tragedy and things like that. But we want to take this episode to kind of talk about the stuff that happened here in our community. We are from Colorado Springs, Colorado. And last Saturday night, there was a shooting at a place called Club Q. Club Q, for people who don't know, is a gay bar here in Colorado Springs. It was one of those things that happened very quickly, as they usually do. But it's been a rough week for me as a therapist, helping my LBGTQ plus clients through it. But not just my LBGTQ plus clients, the allies to the LBGTQ plus community that have been impacted by this. So throughout the week, we've been talking about this and they're trying to process and understand how do these things happen? Why do they happen? They're trying to make sense of it. As I tell my clients, you cannot make sense of this. Trying to add logic where there is not logical thinking or what our perception of logical thinking is makes it difficult for people. We want to have reasons. We want to have, and the reasons we want, we want to have reasons that are valid for us, that make sense of these senseless acts. But we can't. We can't make sense of senseless acts. So the process now is how do we heal? How do we heal as a community? How do families heal through this time of tragedy? And that is the process we're starting now. You know, and then we fast forward, what, two days later, three days later, whatever it is. Then we have the shooting at the Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. Another census act. In that case, the shooter killed themselves in the case of the Colorado Springs one that did not happen. But we're going to talk more about that. But we do want to acknowledge the people who lost their lives. The ones in Chesapeake. Uh, Yeah, so the uh, victims that were killed in that one are Randy Blevins, uh, Lorenzo Gamble, Tanika Johnson, Brian Pendleton, Kelly Pyle, and there's a minor boy also that was killed who's not being named at this time because he's a minor. Of course, our hearts go out to them as well. And then here from uh, Colorado Springs, the ones that lost their lives, Daniel Aston, Raymond Green Vance, Kelly Loving, Derek Rump, and Ashley Paw, I believe the last name is pronounced. I'm sorry if that's a mispronunciation. It's P-A-U-G-H. So for all of those families, they mourn the loss of their loved ones. For the ones who were injured, they give thanks that they still have their loved ones. But it is a hard thing to wrap our minds around. And this isn't an episode about gun control or anything like that, because I don't have the power to do this. And it's not a political thing or anything like this. This is about 
the human heart. This is about all the feelings that are taking place in the homes with these families that have been impacted by this. It's about how do we change our climate. For Christy and I, and I love my clients who understand this, that because I'm out to my clients, they understand this is part of our community. So it will have an impact on us. This was a place that we have been to where we have had really fun times at. Mm-hmm. What did you get, Christy, at your? Oh, my first lap dance. <laughs> yeah. We've had a lot of fun there. And it's really sad that this has happened because I know that it's, you know, it really marks a community and really takes time for people to heal and feel comfortable to be able to go to places like that again. And I always felt safe there. I'd never, never stressed about anything like that. And I mean, it's not a place that, you know, there's a lot of trouble or anything like that. So this was really disheartening. And I know there are many people that are trying to heal from this. So I'm glad that we could at least have this discussion and talk about the healing process of it. I mean, these things happen around our world. They are happening right now. And it's unfortunate, but if we could take a look at why, and I know we won't understand it all, but I think that it just shows it's one more example of how we really need to take care of one another. Well, I agree. And I think that's part of the thing is that And you're right, we don't have reason. And I say to myself, what reason would justify it? Right. And I don't think for the victims and families and the victims of them, in their mind, they can wrap their head around somebody that there's a reason and a a clear cut. Yes, this makes sense. There's nothing logical. Exactly. About it. But there's now a fear within the community. This took place on Saturday because the next day they were having trans awareness day and a Remembrance Day. And so I think that was that part of it. I don't know. You know, and I get it. There are people out there who don't understand the LBGTQ plus community. They don't understand transgender. You know, and I hear it sometimes. I've heard it from parents. I've heard it from family members when I'm working with clients while they're just confused. I get it all. But my thing is, is if somebody you know is trans, learn about it. Not from propaganda, not from all that other stuff out there. Truly learn about it. Not even from the stuff you were raised believing, because that's not always rooted in truth. It's often rooted in bias. Yes. And, you know, I, I am so blessed. I am so fortunate. I am so grateful for the family system that I grew up in, because I knew about trans very early in my life, because we had a trans person in our community when I was a kid. It wasn't like anybody sat there and said, oh, well, you know, you don't do that. No, we treated her like her. That's who she was to all of us. And that's the thing. So I didn't have that by, I didn't understand that even when, because people are people. In that particular case, she was very known and loved in that community. Absolutely. Everybody accepted her. And I think it's because she emanated kindness and just... She was a happy person. Absolutely. And the community was saddened when she passed away. And that's the thing. If I'm not trans, it doesn't mean that somebody else isn't. 
if I'm not heterosexual or gay or whatever it is, we are a montage. We are this wonderful, wonderful mural of difference. But it is sometimes our inability to be respectful of somebody else's difference, I think, that leads to these tragedies. Mm -hmm. And my other thing is, if you're having this moment where you're so emotionally distraught, whatever it is, and you choose not to seek help, because help is there. And I want to give a shout out to our counselors here in Colorado Springs. The way in which they mobilized, I'm a part of this group, and everybody just adding their name, pro bono, we will do this. Tell us what we can do. How can we make ourselves available to help people through this? Because some of those people who are therapists here, that are mental health therapists here, are like me, a part of this community. So in helping our clients, we are still trying to muddle through this senseless act as well to try to understand where do we go now if we want to hang out with our friends and have that safety? Because right now it's not here, Mm -hmm. not in this moment. But I hope, I think the hope is there that Club Q will be able to make a return. I don't. Yes. And make a return in a way that people are, feel safe again. But that's going to take a while because now we have to build trust again to see how we get to that place of this is something I can do again, that I can hang out with my family and my friends. The other piece I want to touch on this is to the two who stepped in on that night, who in the face of danger felt a calling necessary, whatever word you want to use, to act, to do something, to help end this before it became bigger than it was. Because with the amount and ammunition, had there not been an intervention or somebody to stop it, there would have been many, 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 many more casualties. Many more. But they intervened. I know that one of the ones that has been more vocal that uh, helped out was uh, Richard Fierro. He's a 15-year veteran who, unfortunately, his daughter's boyfriend was killed. And you can hear his sorrow when he speaks because he wasn't able to save them. So there's sorrow there. But he saved so many more. And for that, I think the community of Colorado Springs, the LBGTQ plus community, are grateful for that. The other one, he's not a whole lot of conversation, much, much more quiet about it. I have not seen any interviews. I haven't either. I do know there was another one, but I I don't know. And I think those are the things that we have to look at, is look at those people, too, who came and helped and did what they had to do in order to, you know, you put your life in danger. And they did that. But he also said he just went into what he knew. And I think he said something at that time about how his his family was in there, but he also said that everybody in there became his family at that moment that he was there to do his best to save as many as he could. The other person that helped was uh, Thomas James. And, you know, we haven't heard a lot from Thomas James and that's okay. 
because we don't know Thomas James' story. Right. We don't know. Everybody does these things differently. But to Thomas James as well, thank you. Yes. Thank you to the ones who helped. The police department was there within minutes. But that's all in that moment. But now we have to look at what do we do in the other moments. And my clients, what do we do? How does this change? One of the things I talk with them about is how do we teach people the value of love and respect of others? To respect differences. They don't have to be mine. We have friendships with friends who are so either politically different than us or what religiously different, whatever it is. And we love those friends. We cherish those friendships because we look beyond that, because that is only a small piece of them. Their capacity to love is there. And we've talked about that, mm-hmm. you know, about our diverse friendships with right well and i i just think that if you can go out and meet more people from more places the more it broadens your perspective absolutely and i think that's what it is and you know it's funny when i was talking to a lot of the allies that have been impacted by this and a lot of them say the same thing we love going to gay clubs there's something just open and freeing and fun about them about being in them but they didn't know that gay friends invited them. They said, hey, sure, why not? <laughs> and then had these amazing times. We can have a good time in so many places, but we put up these limitations. Well, I can't go there because that's Republican or that's Democrat or that's gay, that's straight, that's Episcopalian, that's Pentecostal. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. I'm pointing out the small differences and variations in who we are, but we are more alike than we are different. So we have to focus more on those differences in order to feed them, to make them grow. Well, I think we have to focus on the humanity of these situations, you know, the things that the people are going through and realize, because a lot of times when things like this happens, I feel like that there's so much distraction in it becomes, you know, there's so many political things, like you said about, you know, the gun control thing, all of that. People start looking at that stuff and it becomes a discussion about those things rather than the focus of those lives lost and what what that means and, you know, just how it impacts people. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that's really interesting to me is. We don't spend the time that we have to nurturing some of the relationships we should. We instead, once again, you know, like I said, we we're focused on the wrong thing. And that's what I tell my clients. If we're going to work on this, what we can do on an individual level. And I think what Chrissy said is the more people you meet from different things. One of the reasons we love to travel is because when you travel and you learn other people's cultures and stuff like that, you grow to have such an appreciation for those things. And, you know, even when people talk about, you know, all the bad stuff going on in the world and all these things, I always remind them there's more goodness in this world, whether we're talking about war or whatever. Those are small factions of those people. Most people are just like me and you. They just want to go to work, live their life, vacation, spend time with family, friends, Whatever that is, that's what they want. But what happens is, once again, these people, this small faction promotes hate, mistrust, and all of these things. And then you have people who buy into it, buy into this ideology. 
And then they feel justification in going and committing these heinous crimes because they buy into somebody else's ideology. They forget at the core of it, we all have the capacity to love and to take care of each other. We come together. We do all the things that we can to encourage, to uplift all of those things that are so important to everybody. You know, one of the things is, and I thought was really cool, is some different chefs here have got together, you know, because to promote that unity, I think is what it is, and to to really show support. So they're having a dinner here, but we have the chef from Milagros, Cocina, Ashley Avela from the Rabbit Hole, Beto is the other chef, and it's based on pay what you can but it's a fundraiser for the community. And it's also a place to share stories and to, it's about Colorado Springs being strong and taking care of each other and having that place to get together and to raise money. But it's the community that is really important too. So it looks like this event is happening tomorrow, Saturday. Saturday. And... It looks like it is, yeah, by donation. Which is kind of cool. So I shared it on my page and stuff like that. And so, but those are little things that are popping up. I was trying to remember the name of the brewery that the vet, they own. And they're doing a lot of uh, fundraisers as well. Christy will get that information for you. Yeah, I will be uh, sharing this event on the uh, Two Girls in a Pod Facebook page. We'll also be sharing... On the the Facebook page as well, the brewery here that is owned by the vet and his wife. And because they're doing some fundraiser stuff as well, and it's going to be an ongoing thing. So, and, you know, also if you, if you can get down there and just say hello, thank you, whatever it is, donate a little bit, take time to acknowledge this and, and just show your support. But that will also be on our Facebook page, but it will also be Can we put that on our website? No, but like I said, I will be putting it on the Facebook page. So, um, and probably Instagram as well. So, and while I remember that, I do want to let them know about our webpage or we can't yet. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not yet. (laughs) This is a work in progress. I'm always a way ahead of Christy or I should realize that I, there are things that I don't know behind the scenes. (laughs) But if not, we'll get all that stuff to you. But back to the topic at hand is how do we heal? Ask yourself, what is it that you're teaching? Every time you encounter people, what is it that you are presenting? Are you presenting love, kindness, respect? Or is it hate? Is it anger? What are those things? Because I think anytime we get out in the community, we're going to talk about community first. Anytime we get out in the community, how we treat other people is really important and relevant. Once again, there's no excuse for these kind of heinous crimes. The Walmart guy, he felt disrespected or whatever. That is not enough. If you feel disrespected, have a conversation. Find a new job. Don't kill others and then yourself because nothing's been solved. But that's the thing. We get to these extreme places of thinking. That's when this stuff, because once again, we always talk about what you feed will grow. And I think that's what we're seeing. So we're saying, feed what you want to grow. Feed respect. Feed love. 
And it's so interesting that that's a foreign concept for people, but it's so easy for the brain to go to such a negative place, I think. And I think that a lot of times that if you're the person that's always looking on the bright side, you're a lot of people see that as, you know, you're kind of Pollyanna. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, you have this extravagant thinking that's, you know, not reality or something. But what's wrong in believing in the positive? What does it hurt someone else for your brain to be in a positive place that you can look for good things to happen? That takes nothing away from anyone. Yet you'll have people that will say, well, yeah, you know, you're just, you know, you're in la-la land if you think this or whatever. Well, that's their pain talking. I agree. So, And I think that's a really good way of looking at it, too, because the perception of people looking at people who are positive and the person who's positive looking at the people who aren't, what does it hurt? Exactly. It might even help. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. We get so caught up in all of these little messages we've been given and and we don't take time to stop and filter them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there, so it must be true. It's this or it's must. And that's the whole thing. It's taking that time to have an awareness Mm -hmm. of your thoughts of you and of you in the world. And what is your impact in the world? And as our friend Kathy G always says, how do you want this chapter to end? Do you want it to end in a place of hurt and anger and anguish? Or do you want it to end in a place of hope and love and positivity? Those are all both choices. Mm -hmm. And you can feed one or the other. Whichever one you give more energy and thought to, you know, that can be your reality. Exactly. And that becomes these realities. But how do we promote that positive reality in other people? Like I told my clients, it starts in your home. If you have children, what are you teaching them? If you're teaching them that if that person is different, then we get to ridicule them because they're not part of whatever our belief system is, then you're teaching them to grow in hate. You're teaching them to look at differences. You're teaching them that your way is the right way and the only way. And that's such a false statement because we all have our own thoughts. We all have our own beliefs. And then it becomes how do we have that exchange with somebody whose beliefs are different than ours, and be respectful. Have a dialogue with them. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And and I feel like when it comes to your children, don't leave it to society to, to shape their perspective and their image of what people are supposed to be or look like or, or any of those things. I mean, if you take that time, it, it, you were talking about like with parents or that, and I remember a conversation I had with my sister She's really concerned about her daughter. She's early teen and, you know, she (laughs) looks at body image and and hears all the messages that that are in our society and our schools and those things. So she's hearing a lot of stuff. And I know that she she listens to the performer Lizzo. And I know that her mom told her, you know, because Lizzo, I guess, you know, she has this really body positive thing that she encourages with people. And I know that my sister had told her daughter, she says, you know, be that, be, be like that, understand that it's okay what you look like in that. And one of the things I told my sister is, you know, you are the first thing she sees. She, you are, your relationship with her is so much more important than any performer 
that she will ever see. And I said, so remember that. Emulate to her what you want. Be positive about yourself. Stop any negative self-talk. Yes, so that you can show that to her, model that for her. Be that role model. So, I mean, I think that's what you're saying is, you know, starting in your home, and even if you don't have children, the people that are around you, they can know where you stand. And I think the other thing is, is if you have, if you're, whether it's your religious belief, political belief, whatever your beliefs are, that dictates to you that somehow LBGTQ plus is wrong, morally wrong, whatever. And that's what you're teaching your children. Great. But also teach them about love and kindness. Teach them that it is our job in this world to emulate those things as well, to realize that their difference. You know, I always say to my, it's not my job as somebody's moral compass. <laughs> it's not their job to be somebody else's moral compass. It is your job to be your moral compass. It is your job to determine who you are going to be, how you are going to represent yourself, your ideas, how you're going to have those conversations. If that is your belief, And I have those beliefs with some of my clients and stuff. They're allowed those beliefs. I respect those beliefs because they're past and everything has shaped them and brought them to this place. But I will tell some of my young kids who would come into my office and say a derogatory thing. I will say, I understand you're upset. You will choose different words to express yourself because I will not allow that kind of talk in my office. If I allow it, I'm promoting it. If I sit there and say, yes, you can use those kind of disparaging remarks in my office, then that gives you permission to use them everywhere else. But if I sit there and say, the boundary is here, to have a respectful relationship with me, you will not speak that way. Mm -hmm. I am planting a seed. I am saying to them, even, you can rise above this. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be this person. Well, and letting them know that they can have an opinion, but they do not have to express it. Exactly. In a oh, way of my being gosh. cruel. You know what? When you brought up that thing of Lizzo, hmm? you know, we did not watch this, but, you know, apparently the, the outfit she wore, that's just kind of the, looks like tape on her almost. Mm-hmm. There were so many positive things. Oh, man, girl, you rocked it. Good for you. But then there were those. Oh, did I have to see that? I can't unsee that. And just this negative stuff. And some, well, it's a woman and she shouldn't be showing her body. Really? But they're the same people who will not mind if a man's with a nice body and a little G-string or Speedos. That's okay. We continue to have these standards. And I'm going to tell you something. Women, you are so freaking guilty of this. Because I was reading those. A lot of the women, the comments were from women. The negative, the body shaming. Yeah. We got to stand together. One of the things I love about the LBGTQ plus community is that they always promote love over hate. Love over hate. Where you go, love over hate. The memorial here, love over hate. That's what they promote. Inclusivity. A group of people who are hated for the way they love and for the fact that they were not born into their body the right way are hated, but they will still promote love over hate. Right. And how do we as communities come together? And I have, and you know what? We have a great governor, Governor Paulus, openly gay, 
but he, every holiday, not just Christian holidays, every holiday, he, he wishes every group, whatever that holiday is, he wishes it for them. Today it was Indigenous, the Native American month. So he posted on that. Very inclusive. Mm-hmm. I love that inclusivity. Mm-hmm. But we have had a lot of our representatives come forward and be supportive of this, be supportive of the LGBTQ plus plus community. Yeah. You know, I tell people, be careful, especially when you're around children, be careful when you're talking to them and teaching them this, because oftentimes, even in classrooms or whatever, be careful because you don't know their orientation. You don't really know their gender, maybe. One of my clients helping to educate on pronouns. People don't get it. She understands that. But being aware that for this person, it's very important to use the right pronouns. Even if you don't understand it, they may not understand why they have to call you Miss something instead of whatever. They just do it. You tell them what to call you. If I tell my clients to call me Miss Sharon, they call me Miss Sharon. They don't sit there and say, well, shouldn't I be calling you Miss Abeda instead? No. Right. Same thing with you. They don't do that. They just do what you ask them to do. Right. But yet as adults, we can't do that. <laughs> we struggle with that. I always tell Christy when I have a transgender I'm taking on, what is their name? I don't want, not the name that they were given at birth. I said whatever they go by. Because it helps me to not make that mistake. And if I would, I would immediately apologize. If I misgender, which thank you, <laughs> I don't do. I'm very good about that because for that very reason, I let them know I'm respectful if this is how you want to be called. But it's say, I don't care if somebody comes in and their name is Bob and they want to be called Don. Okay, Don, I don't care. Right. It's their preference. It's what makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you woke up tomorrow and said, I want to be Sally, I might, <laughs> <laughs> I might wonder why. <laughs> You know, I may be confused, but those are the things we're talking about. I know, like, you know, you were talking about your, your sister and I, and I, and I love those conversations you have with her because I know for you, it's really important for you to encourage her. Yeah. Cause I know that it's a struggle having a teen nowadays, (laughs) I'm sure. And I want to be supportive of her. And I realize the struggle is real at times and. So I, I think that any time that I can encourage her, it's important. Well, and I think the thing is, is we have to remember for kids growing up today, because they're open to the world, they see all the world. And I'm telling you, sometimes I can't even comprehend everything going on in the world because there's a lot of it. Yeah. So then we wonder why they get depressed or anxious or this or that. You know, we got the Ukraine over here. We got Iran over here. We got Russia over here. We got China over here, North Korea. On and on and on. Shootings at home. Shootings in your home. Shootings in your place of business. I mean, good gracious. There's a lot going on. There is. Being pushed to be part of STEM because now we've got to do that. So if you're artistic or... I mean, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. And then on top of that, the hardest pressure they have is trying to find who they are. In this montage of stuff going on around them. Mm -hmm. Who am I in that? How do I learn to love and embrace myself when there's all this stuff going on? How do I find those people 
that I can look at as positive role models when they also hear a lot of the negative. But I think it's what you said. It starts in your home. As a parent, you're the first line of defense, so to speak. Right. You're the first educators. How do you want to educate them? For a lot of my friends who are teachers and stuff, I admire you because a lot of you will, will allow your students to be who they are. We'll take that time after class and all of those other things to help them find or help them navigate this journey they're on. Because you're with these kids a lot. Right. You start to know them. When you notice differences in moods, all of those kind of things, you're there. As adults, if you're seeing changes in people, take a minute. Show kindness. It's amazing what a small act of kindness can do to somebody who is feeling down and out like nobody cares. I'm all alone. Help them to realize they're not. As people are struggling with this grief and loss, my clients have asked me, how do I help my friends through this? Like we help everybody through grief and loss. We remind them that we are there for them. We hold space. And I always tell people, remember everybody's grief and loss process is different. The length of time and everything. A week goes by. Nobody's healed that quickly that I know of. It's an adjustment. But holding space for them, letting them know, I will hold space as long as you need me to. I will be here. If you need me, you know how to get a hold of me. You have availability. You listen. And I told them, let them tell their story a hundred times. If it's a hundred times, if they have to cry, you let them cry. If they have to, anything they have to do, let them do it. Realize that it is that for each of us, Grief and loss is a process. The thing about it, though, is the fact that it hurts. And that's the important thing to realize. But this was something I saw that was really interesting. Grief is odd. Like yesterday, I looked at your picture and I smiled. Today I cried. Because that's how it does. It ebbs and it flows. It's a work in progress. With this kind of tragedy, there's trying to have the understanding. There's all these things, the anger, all of those things. People second-guessing, I should have done this. I, maybe I had done this. A guy who thought he saw the shooter. I knew he looked suspicious. Why didn't I do something? I may have. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. We don't get that opportunity, but it is part of that grief and loss process. I wish I had said this. I wish I had done that all part of grief and loss. So I tell my clients, as with Christy and I, because this touched us, because it is our community, Club Q was our space, that we be there for people. We continue to promote love over hate, which is an all-important thing, and respect. And for a lot of you listening, you may be saying, I already do that. And for you, I say, increase it. Have more of an awareness. Take those time. If it's your neighbor walking, hello. We live in one of the friendliest neighborhoods, I swear. Yeah. People walking their dog, hi. People, when we moved in here, it was amazing how our neighbor, well, we weren't even done unpacking and our neighbors were here introducing themselves. Welcome to the neighborhood. I wasn't used to that. 
who can spray your weeds for you. <laughs> okay, when you okay, I had already sprayed my weeds, just so you know. And then two of the other neighbors had extra weed killers, so they came and sprayed my weeds too. My poor grass just went brown. <laughs> so, but I lo- I was very grateful that they thought of us. <laughs> or they were thinking, your yard doesn't look good and it's making mine look bad. I don't know. I like to think of it as they were just trying to help us out. They might have been thinking about themselves <laughs> a little bit, but, you know. But the thing is, is it really made me feel like I belonged right. in this community. It created something for us immediately. Yeah. You know, when you move and you think, oh, man, I got to meet everybody or well, or normally I don't meet anybody. So that was kind of good for us because <laughs> I'm not one to, you know, before I'm better now. Now, if I'm in stores or I work to be friendly, I really do. But sometimes for me, it can be, you know, at the cashier, they say, hi, how are you? And I said, fine, how are you? In which case they then tell me their whole entire life. And Christy's just standing there like, <laughs> really? <laughs> It's like they sense your therapist. I swear. (laughs) But I still will pause and listen. I just sit there and listen because that's what I can do. Yeah. You just have to give people some time, sometimes patience. (laughs) And you know what's cool is it costs you nothing. Right. But you know, when I walk away, I've gained something. I've learned somebody else's history. And we talk about that a lot because we talk about, you know, having empathy for others understanding everybody has a story. And if you can have empathy for people and understand that people have a story, you can realize that we can, for every person that we meet, I guess is more what I'm trying to say, is that we will leave a little of ourselves with them and we take a little of them with us. And then we spread that knowledge. And I always tell my clients, I love them because they are a wealth of information. We'll be talking one day and then I'll be darned if three weeks later, my clients are like, oh my gosh, I need this. Oh, wait a minute. I know that (laughs) because I'm like, we're exchanging information and it's a wonderful thing. Exchange knowledge. Some of my clients will tell me, I don't understand transgender. Can you explain that to me? And we'll have a conversation or my clients. I think my child might be lesbian or gay. I want to be open to them. How do I do that? So I love when they come to me and they're, they're looking to enhance that relationship. And that's what it's about. It's about enhancing the relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I guess today there is much to be grateful for that we have people out there who are helping take care of those involved in tragedies, helping take care of those who are having a hard time that there are people giving their time, listening. And sometimes that's such a valuable thing. And I know there's a lot of sadness as well. But I think the sadness is easier to deal with when we have people around us who are loving us and nurturing us and holding space for us and really taking that time, investing that time in those relationships. Yeah, and especially understanding in a time like this that in any, any way that you can be supportive in your community to show that, that you, to show that you you care and that what these people are going through, the loss that they're going through, it means something. Mm-hmm. 
And understand this, that's not to say there's not a lot of loss going on right now, because many people have lost people at this time. And so my message for that is the same. Be with these people. Let them know they're not alone. And for people who are struggling, go get help. Talk to somebody. Understand you are not alone. Take the time to find somebody to help you on this journey. There are so many people out there willing to do it. But we all have to take that first step, whether it's the one needing help or it's the one who takes the first step to help others. So show kindness. Remember love over hate. Do the best that you can to nurture and educate. Respect. Respective differences. It's okay if you don't think like me. It's okay if you don't love like me. All of those things are okay. It is not going to stop me from having relationships with people because we are more than one part. We're a whole. And there's something to find in there if you pause long enough to do it. And I appreciate that about you and I. I think that we really do. We don't sit there and say, oh, we can't be your friend because of this. No. Love is free. Mm -hmm. You can love anybody. But it starts with loving yourself. Yes. And that self-talk. Yep. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And we wish all of you well. You had mentioned earlier about the website. Um, we do have a website now. It is the each episode solely is the only thing that's on at this point. So it's a little bit still under construction. But you can reach the website and listen to any of the episodes at 2, that's the numeric, 2girlsinapod.com. As always, we are extremely grateful for each and every one of our listeners. Thank you so much. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.